Hi, welcome to Shrink Up. I'm Allison Colarossi here with my husband, Dr. David Colarossi, and we are here to answer your questions, but mostly my questions, usually. Yeah, we've been, we have been heavy your questions. Yeah. I so leave us questions in the comments and we'll try to respond to them. Yep. Also, you can check us out on podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. So it's the day before Thanksgiving. So I know the, the, I know the standard Allison question was going to be, what are you most thankful for this year? And my answer will be family and food and health. <laughs> I didn't even get to ask my question. Is that what you're, okay, now you go. What was that? Was that your question? <laughs> that was my question. But why did you take it from me? Well, now, okay, now what was your, what are you thankful for? Um, I sort of wanted to cut you off. I feel like <laughs> you're going to have a much more robust answer than I am. I had a list. I had a list of things I'm thankful for. Number one. I'm thankful for ship shoppers. Oh yeah, yeah. During this year, because they've been a lifesaver, and, and essential know, and essential workers. So yes, but don't you feel bad? I mean, I do feel like think about it this way: like we're saying, uh, they've been a real lifesaver because they've saved us time not going to the store, right. and they expose themselves versus us having to expose mm -hmm. ourselves. Doesn't that feel? I, I, there's a part of me that feels bad about the idea that we're sending somebody else out there to brave the COVID storm while we sit, you know. At I home. I do feel bad about that, but on the on the flip side, I feel like it's all these gig work things like dog walkers and stuff are like they're jobs for people that may not want to work in a typical environment or um, like to have their own hours because they're mothers. And like to go to the store when they're already going to the store or um, so I am very appreciative of gig workers and that that type of personality that likes to do that. Mm -hmm. So. That's All right. Good. OK, that. good. <laughs> uh, that's one. So I had family food. I had family food and health. So you have gig workers. What else? I, I mean, I have fam obviously family and friends. Um, I have a love hate relationship with Zoom. But that's been a lifesaver because it's helped me keep my job. I, know, I, I wish we invested in Zoom. I know. Um, I also am very appreciative. Like, and you might want to ask why, but I am so appreciative of, of the hypocrisy of the self-righteous. <laughs> you what? <laughs> okay, so I hold on the hypocrisy of the self-righteous. Yeah, and they they only become self-righteous after they become they are hypocrites. So I've been watching. We live in Denver, Colorado, and I've been watching the news um, constantly with Mayor Hancock and also Governor Pulse being like, "Stay home, do not travel." One of four people are um, have active virus and are contagious. You should probably stay home. And, you know, I am making my turkey for the four of us and um, my cat or whatever. Was, <laughs> what was that? And I was like, you're right. Like, I really miss being with family. I have a big family on Thanksgiving. It's been this COVID thing has been heartbreaking to be away from my family. Um, and so, um, like a couple times I've been like, well, maybe I'll just go up to California. But then, like, I listen and like, that's not the right thing to do. And. One in four people are contagious. I don't want to bring it home. <laughs> and then I find out that Mayor Hancock, after all of that, boarded a plane to Chicago. 
<laughs> okay, so you're so you're I'm happy so that he got. So you're what you're really thankful for is is the is the is the social media environment that catches the hypocrites. Well, no, because I, I feel like, and I don't know if you can articulate this, but I feel like I want to break the rules with this COVID thing sometimes. She wants to break the rules about everything. I am a little bit of that, but I also like, I just, you know, but I don't. And I, you know, I always feel like, I always wonder about the people that can like really stick to it. Like the rules and everything for the greater good talk and they talk about it and then they go and board a plane. It cracks me up or like Gavin Newsom doing that same thing, like no large gatherings and then showing up. I don't think he should, but I read that he, that it was his party. Like he's the governor of California. It was he. He says, "Stay at home, do your own thing." And then he set up an, a party for a friend at a restaurant. I believe that he was actually the. I, I believe he did set up the whole thing. Well, and then the, on the same on the same token, I mean, we, we're not one sided, so I want to you know bring up. I know. So that that's my only pushback for you is I feel like. I mean, it is ama- it, it is amazing when you have a YouTube channel, the amount of of pushback you get from people if you even like hedge in a political world so if you say i'm happy that these self-righteous people that are hypocrites are getting caught i think you have to also be able to give examples on both sides and just know that even if you point to both sides you will get pushback from both sides that your both sides argument is unfair but wouldn't you say that i'm not very political in general i'm like in the midst of just like i'm the worst i just don't know what's happening i'm ill-informed well i feel like you are um and i think i am this way too but you more than me i think i I think you have a lot of vitriol pointed in all directions (laughs) but i don't know that you have like the the interest to like you're not i don't feel like you're that concerned you're not I'm not. <laughs> you're not concerned. You're not very. You're not really concerned with either one side or the other, but you don't like either side. That's that true. Family? I I I think I don't. I used to like politics, but I have a really hard time because it's so negative all the time. And I feel like I watch the news and it brings me down. And I feel like we're never gonna get out of this. And, and so, I I always feel like number one, we I, you can never believe what you hear anymore anyway you know, um, on the news. I feel like either news organization is tied to a political side, which is so, so unfortunate. Yeah. I, I do listen to NPR, though. I try to get they're my They're left. Name. They are left, yeah. But I do feel like they're, um, at least in my, in my eyes, they are well-intentioned left. Sometimes <laughs> CNN feels like it's not well... Don Lemon doesn't feel well-intentioned left. He just feels left. Yeah. I feel like NPR does their best to present, less in my perspective. Well, and either way, I am not. Okay, so here's the question. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. You said, I am grateful for these the people that are hypocrites getting caught being hypocrites. Yeah. And then you pointed to two people, both on the left. So can you give examples on the right of people being hypocrites? Oh, I think Trump's a total hypocrite. How? In which way? Um... I feel like, like his whole, the, 
like this weird tax thing like he doesn't show off his his taxes the dicey stuff he does with Giuliani like how long is he gonna hang on to this office yeah 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 well yeah I mean I got so many thoughts there but so why do you think it's so why do you think it's so emotional for people that that if we that if we say uh, you know it's both sides that both sides, I mean, I got feedback on the last political video I did from both sides, people yelling at me for being too in the middle because that was inherently. Are, I mean, what are you, though? You're not in the, you're like, I well, I just feel like you're you're disgusted with it all, just like me. I think, I, I do think that I am, I think you are. I mean, I think I, I would, just like everybody, we would all say that we're in the middle, right? But depends on how we actually vote, but I would say that, uh, I feel like I'm pretty socially liberal, fiscally conservative, like everybody. But the question is, what what do you use to make your vote? What? Uh, well, here is what Brene Brown would say. Like, we pick one thing, and then we're supposed to pick a party because of it. And I think you've said that before, too. Like, one thing in the party, we're like, oh, that, that works for us. So then we have yeah. to vote that way, even though, like, nothing... Right. About the party you feel like you identify with, and then it makes you feel lonelier. Because, like, you don't really identify with that party or those people. Right. But then you gravitate to those people, and you are, and you um, demonize the other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Brene Brown would say. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's called, I don't, I haven't read that. I don't Braving know. the Wilderness. No, no, I, mean, I, I don't remember her talking specifically about that piece of it but i think that would be that's I mean, it's, a, it's like affiliation bias i mean first of all you get yourself in into a group and then we naturally believe that we're like people in our group and so next thing you know if you if you are for example if you are pro-life you're all of a sudden in the republican you know the republican world and you have to align with everything else that republicans are into and all that all that a republican stands for right it, it's like it's like this one decision about this one thing has this implication, yeah. you know, socially, that's pretty ridiculous. By the way, I resent that. I resent yeah. being put in a box. Like, I, I resent it so much, I can't tell you. And I feel like we need to figure this out. Because it makes me a disinterest. I'm an educated woman that's disinterested. Yeah. Because I don't feel like I'd identify with any party. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so... I but I think this is interesting. And this is different than our typical, the typical fare of this channel. But I'm curious what you think. So why is it so emotional? Why why this election cycle in particular? Why is it so hard for us to talk about politics without uh, getting emotionally engaged in it? Why are we boarding up windows in the event that the election goes the wrong way and people? start destroying Denver. I I really feel like number one social media like uh, what was that movie that we watched? The social dilemma or whatever. Yeah, so good. I I believe that that has that like that's exactly we have like little things in our computer telling us thoughts and then we get emotional about it and then we're addicted to it because yeah. of like whatever the dopamine constant flood is. Yeah. Plus like I also don't I feel like um when you do the psychological assessments on me, I'm high non nonconformity, right? So like I won't, I won't. Is that am I 
doing it right, I won't um, be put in a box. Like, I don't. <laughs> and so I feel like it makes me emotional when someone tells me that that's who I am or that's how I have to think because then I feel like I, I push back on that. What do you think? No. Did I? Can you explain what it is for the listener? Because I butchered that. I'm just not sure. I, I mean, I know what nonconformity is, but I'm not sure if your answer. I mean, I think your answer to the question of why this election cycle is so, uh, so polarizing, so emotional. Your answer is well, because social media has created an environment in which we think the implications are bigger than maybe they actually are. Is that well, what you're no, and Brene, like you, like we think they're bigger. That's one thing. Plus, we only get fed stuff from our side, right? Like, if we start looking at something, we're, it's going to only... And people actually think they're, go, they're, they're researching additional information from their same device. Right. No. You're not. Right. You're only getting what, what the algorithms will allow you to get. But, but I think in Braving the Wilderness, Brene Brown was saying, then, then we identify with a group. Yeah. Or we think we do partially. And then that's our team, like tribalism. But but well, I guess my my back to the the original question is why are we've always identified with the team? We've always had Fox News has been out around for a long time. So has CNN. There's always been this polarization. Why are we boarding up windows this year? I feel like people are self righteous. Why? Say more about. I think that part of this conversation is interesting. Why the self righteousness? Why, wh like, in my estimation, this year politics—the last three years, or I guess four years now—politics has become uh, much more morally oriented than it has ever before. Now, our interpretation of somebody voting for Trump or not voting for Trump has implications for the next seventy years, and it means something about who you are as a person. Okay, I have a thought. Okay, I'll. A long time ago, I remember, um, like, critical thinking scores in general have gone down in society, like, because of how we're educated or something. I don't... Is that... I don't think that's true, but... That's not true. Okay. I don't know. My mom, like, says stuff. I mean, <laughs> IQs have progressively gone up. But what about critical thinking? Does that correlate with IQ? It's, it correlates. I don't know what measure... I don't... I'm not sure that that... I don't know about that data. Or maybe... I don't know. But, like, I, I kind of feel like what has happened... What has happened is critical thinking. Like, people like to be told what to do. My group does this. We are better because of this. I am better because of you. Because I am better than you because I do this. So, like, remember my niece talking about her dad virtue signaling? <laughs> and then tell had that, the, had the tell, Wait, tell that story. Because he, he may listen to this. This would be good. Go ahead. I just know that you're talking to your brother. So, my niece is so cute, but... Um, she, we were, we were on vacation together and she was talking about her dad and that, um, her, you know, her dad was wearing a mask, but then like to open the door of the house, decided to put the mask in his mouth because he didn't have any hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only story, but, <laughs> and she called but, her dad a virtue signaler. <laughs> so, but so, okay, so. But it's like, keep going. So what, you, what is your point? My point is that people are signaling what their virtues are out loud to but, the world. Okay, but, wh but why? I'm wanting you to think about why. And I don't have an answer. I'm just like, that, I think that's interesting. Why this year? 
do you agree that we're doing it differently? Do you agree that this year there it, this has become more of a moral conversation than it was four years ago? I mean, I feel like this year we've had a lot of um, we've had like you know some social unrest. I would say like. Um, and so then you need, so then society is kind of forcing you to pick a side in the social unrest. Like either you believe the Black Lives Matter movement or you don't. Or you believe like there's systemic racism in, in our police forces or you don't. Like, and if you don't, then you're on that team. And if you do, then you're on that team. But there's no real like, and, and and you need to you need to show your support very loudly on either side, so you can identify with your team and be part of a group. And it's like it's basically be part of a tribe. So you think that you think it's because of? I mean, I guess there's a couple things you've mentioned. You think critical thinking has gone down. So I would argue, I guess I would agree with you that um, uh, that our attention span has changed. So I don't know if critical thinking is... I would probably argue that critical thinking probably hasn't gone down. I think that the amount of information that we're able to digest and act on now is better than it's ever been before. But as part of that, as part of our, our ability to filter information, I think we're probably getting less sophisticated or less uh, comprehensive in the way we understand one single piece of data. Do you remember Jordan from Alone, that one? Yes. He said He's something, my hero. He said something that really resonated with me. And he's like, now with all the... Um, all the devices and things that we have, like we have, we don't need to think deep thoughts anymore. Like there's no time, there is no way that we're going to be, because we can always distract ourselves from things that are hurting us or bothering us. We just pick up a little dopamine surge. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, so, we don't self-reflect anymore. No. So it, it's, I think that's very profound. Like I wonder how people's thinking would be different if you made them sit and just think without being bombarded. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, can I give you my can I give you my explanation for why I think this has been such a nightmare of a year? Yeah. So I I think I think you're right as far as we are never never before have we been as uh, invested in our devices. Never before have we been integrating this kind of information. And I think when we do that, the outcome of that is a lower self-esteem. I think that our populace in general has less ego strength and is less happy than ever before. And then you throw onto that a president who is quite chaotic. Then you throw on top of that a global pandemic. Then you throw onto that economic issues. Then you throw onto that George Floyd. I mean, you 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 just sort of create a list of of like sort of individual traumas for the for our country. And I don't think from a sort of starting point we have good ego strength. And so I think that makes people desperate for stability. And I think the way that we find stability is by joining these teams. And so we get cultish and we're so invested in our side in, in an effort to create some stability. 
if the right is correct, then the coronavirus is not as severe. And we can dive back into business and get things back to the way mm -hmm. it was. If the left is right, then social justice is important and we can change the laws and protect people. And if everybody, you know, quarantines and they really quarantine, this pandemic will end quickly. And I think we'd sort of scurry into our respective protective homes and then throw rocks at the other one because we feel like the other one is undermining us. And so I think in that way, in that sort of panicked effort to protect ourselves, I think our critical thinking probably does go down. And so we're super reactive. And, and any extra data, any oppositional data, we dismiss and attack. Yeah. I like that. You did a really good job explaining that. <laughs> so... I do want to talk about, so, so, so I'm always asking my family, Hey, what should we talk about on Trinkraft or what should I do a new, new video about? And the, the, my, uh, I have two sisters-in-laws both said that I should do a, um, video on Harry Styles in his Vogue magazine cover. I think that dress would have looked really good on me, by the way. So, uh, so I go, I go, Oh, that's a great idea. So I go look it up. Harry Styles wore a dress for Vogue. It's the, he's the first man on Vogue to wear a dress. Why is that such a, is that just it's, transformative? Or? It's a, it's like an absolute zero for me. I don't understand. I can't even figure out why that, why anybody cares about it. Well, I don't feel like he filled out the dress correctly. They could have, they, I, I feel, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm coming up with things to talk about it, but like they could have really tailored the dress to fit him better. It just looked like an ill-fitting dress to me on him. So I, well, it's, I, I, I'll tell you when I was thinking about bringing out this up during the podcast, that's not the direction I thought you were going to take it, but you're, I guess there's probably room to grow as far as how it fit him. And, and I, so here is what we can say about that. Hmm. Like if it was a female model, there would have been tailors making sure that dress fit tight every, so I feel like he really got discriminated. I'm serious. They would have made sure that dress looked amazing on a woman. They did not do that for him. Oh, well, I think a lot of people thought he looked really good in that dress. Oh. Well, I feel <laughs> like they could have done a better job okay. making it sure it fit better. So I looked up, I go like, well, what's the outrage about this dress? <laughs> and there's Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro are up in arms. Why? About the dress. Well, it, it's like they're up in arms, and then the left's response to them is to be more up in arms. And so we have this sort of arms battle of people talking about something that clearly no one really cares but about. What, what, why is the right upset? The right is upset because they feel like culturally we are uh, drifting in a place where masculinity is being undervalued. And so Candace Owens wrote, bring back manly men on Twitter. And then the left, you know, <laughs> posted pictures of Brad Pitt or whoever that was dressed in in dresses and said they're still masculine and then Ben Shapiro and, and the left kind of said back to and I mean like the left whatever that is but people that uh, presumably are uh, more woke than Candace Owens said you know just because someone our our clothes are a social construct and just because you wear a dress doesn't mean that you're inherently less masculine and then Ben Shapiro I think I, I would probably argue that he's right said you know uh, clearly Harry Styles wearing a dress is an effort for him to be provocative by dressing in a way that is not traditionally masculine. And then the left is the left is sort of, you know, baiting the right to holler about that so they can tell the right how it's not important to be masculine. 
So Ben Shapiro was just kind of complaining about this sort of merry-go-round that we're on. That is all I could find. But I would be curious in the in the comments. Tell me why do people care about some guy wearing a? It's like a zero to me. But he wore a dress on the cover of Vogue. By the way, his new album's coming out, and he's got a lot of traction. Probably has something to do with it too. He got oh. a lot of views. You know, a lot of Harry Style views lately. Is he LGBTQ? LGBTQ. I know I missed a few letters. Can you help me? <laughs> I think you missed an I. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and I and a plus. Uh, he is, uh, I believe, I think he's gay. Okay. But I don't, I also, I'm just not a One Direction or Harry Styles fan. Okay. I think he's a talent, talented guy. Well, it doesn't, I mean, here's the negative. It doesn't make me want to buy the dress. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> which, it was. No, which is important in Vogue because Vogue is a fashion magazine. So it's like, I would think it's like to celebrate fashion for like for women to go by, you know, but I did read an article or listen to a podcast um, and Mark Jacobs was talking about like fashion instead. And so maybe Vogue has to be more, um, more in the issue, more provocative because like fashion can't keep the pace of our materialistic world. And so um, he believes it's like now sweatpants forever. That's kind of what that's, that's your stretch. That's your new. That's your quarantine look, right? Stretchy pants. Yeah. All right. I think that that's good. We're good on time. Anything else? No. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you yeah, so much for you. joining.